Good day, good afternoon, good whenever it is you are listening to this. Thank you very much for listening to this. You are checking out yet another Woke and Baked. And yet again, sat down with Jake Thompson, shoot the poop. Kind of go over a little bit of our origin story and that sort of thing. It's kind of a long one, not the most long that we've ever had. The most longest, definitely not a, not a phrase, not a word, not a term. Longestest, whatever. Now we're traveling down that same rabbit hole. All right, so before I get into this podcast uh, in this episode, I have to get through the stuff that's absolutely important. Those are the first things that I've got to talk about. They are the first things I talk about every episode before we get into the episode. Supporters. All right, Iron Asylum, located on KB Road. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram and probably on Twitter as well. I'm assuming they're probably on Twitter. They have a website. You can go check out their website. You can Google them. You can find out all kinds of stuff about them. But the thing that I will tell you about right now is that the time is running out for their PFD sale. And what that PFD sale is, for $500, you get a free year of membership. Not a free year. For $500, you get a full year of membership. Not a free year, because then it wouldn't be $500. It would just be a free gym membership. But that being said, $500 gets you a full year membership at Iron Asylum, and that's like two-plus months free when you do the breakdown of it. Now, here's a really cool thing. If maybe you don't want to do that, maybe you want to do month to month, you can also do that. So if you are just here for a couple of weeks, you're here for a couple of months, Brandon can help you out. Brandon Jelani will make it work. All right. So with that being said, if you have any more questions, be sure to check them out on Facebook and Instagram. They'll answer all of your questions and, and get you straight on, uh, on the right path. All right. Second supporter, big supporter. And I've got to talk about this one. This is a big deal for me. Like I, I've been... Part of the reason that I got into podcasts is because I hate spending money on things that are a necessity in life. Like food is a necessity. Good food you should be charged for. However, I also want to make those experiences of good food uh, affordable for as many people as possible. So we have worked on some deals with the Schnitzel Bomber, and I am here to share them with you. So there's the $10 meal, which is sort of a smaller, more more, I want to say reasonable, because they give you a lot of food at the Schnitzel Bomber. Probably like a proper serving of what you should be getting from the special for 10 bucks. So whereas the special may be 14 or $15, you're getting the $10 normal person size. Not like the Brandon Miller of Iron Asylum order two of the biggest things there because that's how you feed yourself because you're a giant. No, no. These are like normal everyday person serving sizes for 10 bucks. There you go. But if you get the full, you know, like the $14 special for the day, they will throw in a free bread pudding. Now, all you've got to do is mention the podcast. That's it. All you have to do is mention to them, you heard about them on the podcast, you are determined to try some of that damn good bread pudding, and you are buying yourself a meal. And just, yeah, tell them you heard about the podcast and get yourself some stuff. There you go. All right, Red Run Cannabis Company, located in Kenai, Alaska. They are the makers of fine oils, fine edibles to include, the number one edible in the state, Hashade. You can find all that stuff. You can find them on weed maps. You can find them everywhere. If you look for weed, they're a place you can find, uh, that can be found on all of those weed resources. All right, they also carry other people's stuff to include fireweed extracts. They made a really bomb-ass kind of a terp sauce from, uh, from Mac. If you've not tried Majestic Alien Cookies, I'm telling you, cookies are my favorite strain. Uh, I love GSC. I love uh, Platinum Huckleberry Cookies from um, 
not permafrost, uh, fine folks up in the Kiski Peace Frog, uh, Peace Frog Botanicals. By the way, we will have, uh, we will have Dolly from Peace Frog back on soon enough. She's a really, really awesome lady, and she and Jeff make really, really good stuff. So, um, they also carry stuff like, uh, like Alaska Blooms. If you're not familiar with Alaska Blooms, they are a large cultivator out of Fairbanks. They grow some damn good weed. They grow that Kimbo Kush. I love Kushes as well, but that Kimbo Kush will put you on your ass. It is a hell of an indica and is a fine tribute strain to the late, great Kimbo Slice. They also carry Lady Grey Fine Edibles. If you, if you spend $6 on a coffee you can spend a little bit of money on a good weed cookie. If you if the ingredients that are in your edibles are important to you, then Lady Grey Medibles is probably going to be the way to go. They carry this stuff over at Red Run because they carry the best shit. All right. They carry cartridges. They carry romance jellies. Again, Hashade. And they're located all over the state of Alaska. If you want to try Hashade, but you're in a place in the, the great state of Alaska that doesn't carry it, Go demand it from your retailer. Say, I want some Hashade. Comes out of Kenai. It's damn good. I'll even give you the address so you can write them a letter. But that'll be at the end of the podcast because that's when I, where I give the warning. But you can write them a letter because, you know, they read. They're literate. All right. That's Red Run Cannabis Company. Last but not least, 5150 Vapes located in Soldatna. So if you're trying to get your hands on some of that super duper sweet ass critical jack that they've got for 40 bucks at Red Run and you're trying to make it a vapable substance, get your sweet ass down to 5150 Vapes and get some of that shatter batter. I use it because uh, I'm a grown up. Now here's the thing, I'm not a vapor, but I, I have an absolute real respect for everything those guys are going through right now with the potential for flavor bands. So I've done a little bit of research on the people who are pushing the flavor bands uh, for the side of big tobacco. And who to thunk a guy like Mitt Romney would be the sort of person who would be the kind of piece of shit who would tell you to you know, that we need to blame or we need to ban flavored nicotine juices while he's surrounded by children. But what you are missing is that his company, um, Bain and Company, was given $3.9 million back in 1993 in order to advise Boris, Yeltsin, uh, Boris Yeltsin's administration on the privatization of the Russian economy. Now, according to records detailing the arrangement uncovered by the Huntington Post, Romney's consultants helped foreign firms and aspiring oligarchs decide how to corral Russia's riches, Russia's riches, including writing an official manual that outlined how to best navigate the process. At the same time, Bain leveraged its contracts with senior Russian officials to arrange sweetheart deals for its tobacco clients. By the way, this will be, uh, there will be a link to this article from the Huffington Post on our, uh, on our Instagram page. Also from this article, it was a dilemma Bain and Rom... Let's go back to this. The Soviet Union's downfall meant rich rewards for any company able to move quickly. And the timing was right for British and U.S. tobacco companies eager to control the cigarette market. Under pressure at home for marketing an addictive and deadly product, domestic sales were shrinking. It was a dilemma Bain and Romney knew well, having worked extensively on behalf of Philip Morris in the U.S. beginning in 1990. So his company has been involved with tobacco for a very, very long time. And now he's surrounded by children at the White House booing, booing flavored nicotine juices. 
Mitt Romney's a piece of shit, ladies and gentlemen. So, in 1992, Bain approached British American Tobacco, the international conglomerate behind Cool, Lucky Strike, Pall Mall, and Benson and & Hedges. By the way, my, ma- my late mother was a smoker of Benson & Hedges. Fuck you, Mitt Romney, offering a lucrative partnership in Russia. It worked. All right. So, when you see people talking about um, flavored nicotine juices, think about who that message is coming from. Mitt Romney wants to be surrounded by children while he talks about flavored nicotine juices. Meanwhile, he had no problem taking money from Big Tobacco. And he was a big boy. It's not like, oh, he just became woke. Nah, he's he's a, a, when we say capitalist piece of shit, like he's kind of the capitalist piece of shit that we're talking about. All right, so enough about me shitting on Mitt Romney. I'm going to tell you in advance, this is one of the longer podcasts that Jake and I have done. And... Yeah, we had a lot of fun doing it. We had a lot of fun. Talk- I always have fun talking to Jake. So we're going to be doing more with Jake. Uh, they're going to have some more. We are going to have some more podcasts coming up. Some more Woke and Bake stuff is going to be coming up uh, later this week. All right, folks. I will be in Anchorage this coming weekend for the 49th Supply Company 6th anniversary party. I'm really excited to get out there. We are. I'm going to get my fine, finally get it, my face-to-face interview with Fat Trophy Wife. Very, very excited about that. All right, we're also going to do an interview with her brother, Joe Stoltz. Very excited about that. All right, I want to give a solid shout-out, a very strong solid shout-out to some of the listeners out there uh, and some of the people who've, whose work is is influencing me, but mostly people who, who are giving this podcast the time and energy uh, that maybe, maybe it doesn't deserve, but maybe it'll get there. Maybe it'll get better. Or maybe it'll continue where it's at and not ever get any better. But we're working on getting better. All right. Solid shout-out to the Stoic Craftsman. You can follow him on Instagram. We're going to try and knock out an interview with him in Anchorage. If you're not familiar with the Stoic Craftsman, check him out on Instagram. See what he does. He made my wallet. It's a really cool wallet. It's got the smiling Unabomber as well as the Woke and Bake logo. The dude makes really, really cool stuff, and we are talking about a fanny pack. What? A fanny pack? A Stoic Craftsman fanny pack? You're damn skippy. It's going to have all the bells and whistles. It'll be cool as shit. All right. We'll get there when we get there. All right, follow-up shout-outs to G Singh, Seth Stacy at AK49, or, or I'm sorry, AK49 uh, Martial Arts, and well, everyone, everyone listening. If you are listening right now, thank you so much, and and, and thank you, G Singh, for putting me onto some really really cool stuff, some really cool music uh, that I just reposted on our SoundCloud page. So, all right. Also, all of our international listeners. Turns out we have listeners in Spain, Australia, Canada. And uh, it's not just limited to the Kenai Peninsula. Damn, Skip, you guys are awesome. All right, you guys have a great day. Enjoy the podcast. And just a heads up, it turns out Terminator is not on either Netflix or Amazon Prime. So if you want to review those yourself, you're more than welcome to. All right, coming up right now, a little bit of Jake Thompson. an awkward thing to have a the metronome go throughout the podcast i would expect people to just turn off and be angry and hate-filled or like just start rocking out to it 
maybe like what if that would be the thing that's like this is this is connecting to me yeah. the metronome brings it home well maybe like all those people that like they're tired of listening to their kid try to learn the piano and they want to listen to something say like a little bit more their style a little more entertaining to them the metronome actually could keep, come into play there. Yeah, keep everyone yeah. On, yeah. on task. It's, you know, it's like the family's kind of united through the podcast while practicing the arts. While practicing the arts, and these yeah. are the things that are very important. All right, so we haven't talked in like a couple of weeks. Yeah. It's, so we got to catch up. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, I'm like, I'm glad that, you know, the restraining order dropped. Yeah, I don't know why they put that there and who put that there yeah. or, or any of that, but Zoning I'm... Zoning commission. Goddamn bullshit. Yeah. It's horse. It's hogwash, sir. All of it, nonstop. Yeah. Dog on zoning commission. All right. Um, so, man, a lot, a little bit of stuff has happened. Uh, you know, a little bit, not a lot of stuff has happened. But, well, let's see what's going on statewide, yeah. local wise. What are the things that, that you're looking at that are keeping you up at night? <laughs> Still waiting for the rest of the dividend. Yeah. Remember the partial dividend? Yes. Uh, let's see. So th- those were those were the buzzwords. Yeah, well, yeah. we're going to give you the partial. I don't know if that's actually how the guy speaks. No. Um, but this this is my my governor Dunleavy impression. We're gonna we're gonna give you the rest of your dividend um, when we get all of that figured out. When we get the budget situation figured out. By the way, when have you ever heard of a budget situation getting figured out? Yeah, I I think that happened. Um, ah, that one. I think Clinton was the one that had like the one year where we weren't deficit spending. We had, I think we had a, a year, and we called yeah. it a good year. Oh, and it was, um, you know. but it was, it had to be the year that like it, he got caught uh, lying about a blowjob. Yeah, yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, well, why do you think that he was able to to clarify the budget and get everything <laughs> take care? Because he was staring at impeachment, which yeah. which we've got a president staring at now. I know, and and this scares me because on, on one end, I think, uh, you know, you're looking at, is this a political tactic? Is this a party tactic now? Or, like, do we legit need to be looking into this as a possible impeachment? And I don't know. I don't know which one it is. I can't even decide because if I listen to this party's news station, I'm getting their propaganda. And if I'm listening to this party's news station, I'm getting their propaganda. And, like, where is the non-bias approach? So let's let's talk about that. Because yeah. one of the things that we've never discussed on this podcast was, like, our our origin story, <laughs> yes. right? This is, like, this is like the X-Men shit. And, and, and I think that, that this podcast really works because of the origin story that has never been shared yeah. in our mutual former employer yes who is one of the local radio groups because let's be very clear here there are two local radio groups uh you don't have to do a whole lot of google searching you can probably ask around and fitch, uh, figure out which one jake and yeah. i used to work for we live in a very small town you just probably wait for someone's bumper sticker either <laughs> you can you can hang out and listen to the radio in this town long enough and figure out uh, who did what? Because some yeah. of those ads are still running. Interesting mm-hmm. thing, though, there is there is a, a show on that radio station where people can call in and sell things. It's a very yes. very cool show. But while I was host of that show, I changed the bumper music. Yeah. And w- I I still every once in a while I get to hear music that I picked. Yeah. One of those songs, "Run the Jewels All Day," instrumental. Now yeah. I don't know if you've heard that song. No. But the hook is, I put my dick in her mouth all day. Nice. Followed by Gangsta Boo of the <laughs> formerly of the Three Six Mafia yeah. saying he put my clit in his mouth all day. 
but that that's the bumper music. Yeah. I've got Run the Jewels bumper. I also put Nas on there. Every once in a while, you can still hear some Nas uh, on the bumper music. And you question why you don't work there. <laughs> <laughs> it's still there. I know. It's still there. Um, so, And that's, like, that's being shot out into space, and who knows how far that travels, and there might be some sort of you know, alien listening station galaxies yeah. away that's going to pick up your bumper music, and that's going to be first contact. What if that's how it all connects, right? Like, that's how that, that universe is all connected. Yeah. So I'm glad that we're here because I get to talk about a documentary series that I have I have spent money on. Like yeah. A, okay, so a, a pretty good bag of retail weed uh, from a dispensary costs about $40. Mm-hmm. That is about what I have spent on this documentary series. I have spent a bag of weed. Which for me and your time and my time. Now I'm never going to get back yeah. the, uh, the the anything any resource that I've I've used and and wasted in, mm-hmm. in my fleeting life. However, time time is the ultimate finite currency because you will never ever get it back. That's why I, I try and do my best to to remember to thank people to, to li- for listening to the podcast because time mm-hmm. is the ultimate currency. By the way, thank you very much Jake for hanging out with oh, me. Oh yeah. Good to be here. I love conspiracies. I love conspiracy documentaries. I love learning about them. I love researching the conspiracies themselves for a couple of reasons. One is that there's always a documented mythology. Mm-hmm. Whether you get into Greek mythology, whether you get it, whatever your chosen religion or, or faith is, there's a mythology to it. And I don't mean to say that none of it ever happened, but there's a story. There's mm-hmm. how these things came to be and why they are the way they are. And that happens in every faith. That happens in every conspiracy. I don't know why I'm whispering. Um, <laughs> But that's, that happens in every conspiracy. So yeah. there has to be a mythology attached to it. Whether it's uh, draconian liver, uh, lizard people and their relationship with, with you know, allegedly with the Eisenhowers. And apparently, if you read books um, or audible books yeah. or, I mean, uh, I'm sure most of this shit's on YouTube anyway. Bill Cooper's Behold a Pale Horse, he discusses... Things uh, that may have happened that have been turned into movies, things like E.T., um, uh, Close Encounters of Third Kind. Mm -hmm. One of the things that he discusses is a guy by the name of Krill. Now, if you are wondering who names their kid Krill, a couple couple from an alien planet, they gave... They gave Krill the name, and you, this is all shit. You can you can go onto your Google machines now. Apparently, Krill was uh, a, he was uh, close friends with Eisenhower. He was kind yeah. of part of the administration. He was he was in the crew. Um, he was in the circle of of knowledge. <laughs> um, Eisenhower was apparently also bought and paid for by the Rockefellers. Now, yeah, Eisenhower's niece, granddaughter, she is somebody to him. Uh, is in this documentary series. She's featured prominently. Uh, her last name is Eisenhower. I'm pulling it up uh, right now. I'll get to it in just a second once I once I find it uh, completely. But yeah, so Eisenhower's uh, great granddaughter, whoever she is, um, is associated with it. So it ends credence and credibility because 
uh, her great-great-grandfather was associated with some of the stuff. Now, um, so Dwight Eisenhower's uh, granddaughter, yeah, we're looking at the IMDb uh, right now, and they've got a lot of folks here that are, are listed uh, who are not her, and I'll get her, oh yeah, Laura Magdalene Eisenhower, you can look her up, uh, she says that she's got some, she, she has a history with the secret space program. Now, now we get into Corey Good, who is this. Yeah. His name sticks out. Now he, his story is that he had been abducted over decades. Yeah, uh, and that he had been age regressed. A lot of this is stuff that you can find uh, on the trailer, where mm-hmm. the had these folks have incredible stories, but there's very rarely any evidence. Yeah. But you never, you never want to call bullshit because you, if someone is telling you that, okay, I was kidnapped uh, by things from another planet and they did these things to me and then I was age regressed, I'm going to hear what they want, what they have to say because whether or not they're, like, they're full of shit, like they're still taking the time to feed me mm-hmm. their bullshit. I kind of, I'll be honest, I kind of want to hear that bullshit. Like if you... <laughs> If you have an abduction story, and I've, and I've talked to people who yeah. have abduction stories, and so they all, some things kind of match up. There's the, uh, the idea of being uh, able to communicate telepathically, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, and when you talk to someone who's been abducted, that's one of the things they can, they can normally talk about. Um, but there's very, very little evidence. <sighs> the way they broke up this documentary series, because it's... It's Laura Eisenhower, uh, it's Corey Good, and it's a guy by the name of uh, David Wilcox. I'm sorry, David Wilcock. Uh, and these are the these are the three folks that tell their stories over the course of these two documentaries. David Wilcock doesn't tell his until the Cosmic Secret, which is one part secret space program. Part, I don't know if you're familiar with the law of attraction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Part the secret, right? Yeah. So the cosmic secret is that it's all interconnected. Let me let me save everybody who is listening to this podcast for free <laughs> $40. Everything is connected. We are all connected to each other. We are all brothers and sisters. We are one together. And if we if we move forward with love and with peace and with kindness. Uh, and it comes from a real authentic place, then those things will be brought on to us. And apparently there are underground pyramids on Mars. 40 bucks. 40 bucks. How many hours? About five. About five. (laughs) About five. About five hours of my life. Now, I watch these documentaries, and, and I'll watch more of them. Yeah. Um, but I feel like you gotta, t- and boo me for not researching <laughs> these people and their stories, because you can find in really good Reddit pages um, dedicated to like shitting on these guys' legacies and like <laughs> shitting on everything that they're about. Yeah. And and that's not my job. My job yeah. is not to shit on on uh, David Wilcock, Laura Good, or uh, Laura Eisenhower, or Corey Good. But I will say that David Wilcock seemed very reasonable in the first documentary in, in Above Majestic because that was that was why I watched um, mm-hmm. the second one. Well, that's why I watched The Cosmic Secret because uh, David Wilcock was very convincing in the first one. He was, 
He wasn't telling his story. He was giving you information. He was presenting information calmly, slowly. It's like uh, it's like uh, our buddy Joe says. It's the chimp that speaks slowly, <laughs> speaks quietly, and they're convincing. And David Wilcock was uh, one of those dudes. And somewhere between the first one, Above Majestic, mm. and The Cosmic Secret, he clearly discovered keto because he looked like he got 10 pounds of fat sucked out of his face and his veneers just doubled in size, which I think is what happens when folks uh, do uh, go on keto and they have veneers. Their teeth just look bigger <laughs> because the rest of them is so much smaller. But David Wilcock um, tells his story in the second one. In the first one, uh, Corey Good and Laura Magdalene Eisenhower, uh, they tell you know their stories a little bit. David Wilcock then goes on to talk about how he was abducted and uh, he has this this history, but he doesn't tell that until mm -hmm. the second one, right? I, I was going to say, this does seem very much like a like when you've reached whatever level in like an L. Ron Hubbard facility. Okay. Like the, you know, like, okay, here, you know, here's, here's all the stuff everyone gets, but once you finally spend your 40 bucks... Here's the stuff that you get. Yeah. Here's so yeah. So maybe story. there's that. So maybe there's maybe maybe that's it. Because in the first one, they do discuss L. Ron Hubbard. They do discuss uh, his relationship with Jack Parsons. Mm -hmm. They do, the, and there's a lot of really good information that is presented. Um, but sometimes you have to pay attention to who's presenting the information. Personally. Uh, if you don't know me, I wouldn't take any information from me. I'm a fucking idiot, all right? Like, I'm I'm not going to cure cancer. I'm not going to cure athlete's foot. Um, that being said, like, if you are going to receive information from someone, you should probably use your bullshit filter. Yeah. Um, and if something sounds too fantastic to be real, well, there's a really good chance that it's too fantastic to be real. It's we've talked about in the past, like anytime mm -hmm. something bad happens, whether it's uh, whether it's Jeffrey Epstein being allowed to commit suicide in air quotes, whether it's um, September 11th, whether it's the assassination of JFK, these things happen, and and when they when they do, let's go back to the L. Ron Hubbard word, yeah. the auditing of why these things were allowed to happen, it, it's always the same thing. It was always government incompetence. It was it was incompetence that allowed all these things to happen, all these things to fall through the cracks uh, for this other thing to happen. 50 other things had to happen in order for September 11th to happen. Mm. Like 50 other uh, checks and balances weren't checked or balanced. Um, a, a bunch of things weren't done by a bunch of people. A bunch of things weren't done by a bunch of people uh, with the assassination of Kennedy. Uh, a lot of things that were supposed to happen didn't happen with Jeffrey Epstein. But it's always the argument of incompetence. Well, I think the terrifying thing is you either have to figure your government, because here's the, here's the choice you're making. Your government is either, like, they either got their shit together on such a level that they can convince you of whatever they want you to believe, and they've, they've, they're running the world, or incompetence. Those are your two options. And, and here's... Which one, you know, so it's which one do you want to yeah. believe? <laughs> And, and what we're stuck realizing is that, like, what if it's both? I know. <laughs> I always wondered that with, uh, like, Roswell, if, uh, you know, they, 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 covered go it, they covered it up to make it sound like it would be an alien conspiracy, when in reality, like, they had no idea what actually was going on. Swamp <laughs> gas. Um, which, by the way, I didn't know there were swamps in, in 
fucking New Mexico. Yeah, new thing. Or it was. It was. They don't, they're not there anymore. Um, so they've evaporated. Came, yeah. <laughs> Lasered. Um, they came for our swamps. So do you want me to elaborate a little bit on why some people think Roswell happened, where it happened, why it happened? We can go down that road. Might Let's as well. It's on topic. It's on topic. So apparently uh, Jack Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard were able to open up uh, like a stargate in the middle yeah. of the desert. Because if you look at that part of the world, there's a lot of crazy shit that happens in the desert. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there. I guess it's Sonora where people can see auras. Oh, I, you know, I've, uh, Sedona. Sedona. I've been there. Yeah. So like, these things happen in that part of the world. People feel a connection to something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but allegedly, and there's also a lot of Native American mythology that yeah. I am in, in no way qualified enough to discuss but there there is a lot of racist down that i have no idea what the fuck i'm talking about regarding someone else's culture i'm just gonna say some words yeah well it's fucking if it's not racist then it's ignorant right yeah like and it's no win but if you nail it yeah or you accept that you're just coming from a place of ignorance but you don't say anything bad (laughs) but um but with this my understanding is like there's there's pictures on the wall of stuff floating uh, uh, on the in the skies. Mm-hmm. They found um, was it the the NAS NAS or something lines the the lines in Peru. Mm-hmm. They found more of right. So the 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 big eagle in the side of the mountain. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they found uh, they found more of those recently, like three hundred more, like some crazy number. Um, but there's. There's a lot of links, man, between what was happening before, mm-hmm. what ha- what has been happening since the 40s, and how that information is is being released. What I didn't know, what I wasn't, had no fucking clue. Um, Tom DeLong of Blink 182 has multiple books out on the subject uh, regarding secret machines, which is my understanding is the technology that we get from these interdimensional space travelers who come from one place to the other, from, like, the Andromeda. One of them was in Angels and Airwaves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's where they get those funky licks. Yeah. Um, that's how you get those out-of-this-world out bass lines. Um, so, yeah, Tom DeLong is pretty committed to it, apparently. Yeah. He also um, allegedly, apparently, spent $30,000 on a, on a precious metal that turned out to be, like, slag. Yeah. Like, welding yeah. slag. Which... <laughs> I want to know the welder that sold him that. I want to meet him. Like you, you fleece somebody for thirty grand for a piece of slack. You, you are a treasure. <laughs> Give him a couple grand back. Say you're sorry. No. But keep the rest. Yeah, and, oh yeah, and, definitely. And, get something out of that. And let him know that fucking Blink One Eighty Two sucks. <laughs> you know what? What I was gonna say, and I think this is something very interesting. Is and I think uh, is kind of a point you're on. Is don't necessarily confuse celebrity with authority. Oh, gosh, um, no. You know, um, and I think there was a time, you know, where you, with your three channels on your television or your two channels or whatever and the nightly news being dedicated to a certain commercial-free, you know, public service kind of zone, um, people started getting like, you know, the, the, the representation of the radio itself was an authority. If it was coming from the radio, it must be true. Uh, and that happened with TV, and I, I think we got to see that in the Blair Witch Project, which when that came out, everyone, it was, I think, the first probably major, like, mainstream mockumentary. Um, everyone's freaking out, thinking, like, you know, this is the moment they found the 
proof like look there's the videos from these kids that got kidnapped by a witch and then like a month later everyone realizes it was a mockumentary and felt totally duped but we've seen a bunch of films completely jack uh that that sort of yeah idea um so it's it's a weird thing because it's almost the, the same thing with like elected authority except yeah. we gave these people that bit of authority whether it's the mayor, whether it's the governor, these is we're confusing actual authority um, with a position of power. Um, and I, I mean, really, what uh, what authority do you think the government the governor actually? I mean, it's a position of power, but like kind of, it's a figurehead position. It really is more or less. I mean, what does what does the governor actually really do? I mean, there's a lot. I think there's a lot of administration, probably. I I don't know. I haven't been the governor before. Um, but I think, like, ultimately the biggest job for the governor in our state is just to approve the budget. Yeah, I mean, it's, you it's know, pretty much... And veto, you know. I know, be the ambassador of the state when you, uh, when you go places, which is great. Yeah. And because he's another one of those guys that looks very keto-y. Like, he's gone too far <laughs> on the keto. Um... But but if, if maybe you have, he really needed the other half of his dividend, maybe he really he really could have used it for some bread. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Like, what, do you think he's going to be a two-term governor at this point? That's a tough one. That is a tough one. Um, I would say, had he played the ultimate, I don't. I'm about to steal someone else's line, but had he vetoed, steal it. The uh, <laughs> I was going to say, had he played the state's ultimate game of chicken. And vetoed the partial funding on the dividend and send it back to the legislature. If that dividend comes back full, he is definitely two-term governor. If that came back zero, definitely one-term governor. And what he did, something right in between. So I think he's playing on a slim margin here. What a shitty way to go for it. Like, we're going <laughs> to... That's okay. So, so you and I both watch combat sports. For yeah. me, that's like, that's like guys whose you know their strategy is just to cruise through the last round, right? Because yeah. they've secured the first two rounds. So let's just we're gonna try and just squeak through this third yeah. round and try and not get knocked out. We're gonna we're gonna do enough to maybe if we lose the round, we still won the fight. Yeah. Which is a shitty way to do it. Oh, you're up on you you're up on the scoreboards. Now nah, you know, shut. Just go. Just do your thing. Um, but. If the governor is banking at this point on winning by a slim margin, that's a shitty way to win. That's, I don't know, man. The national level is funky as well. But yeah. like, when you're when you're able to to see it the way that you you see the wheels turn in Alaska, which yes and no. There's a lot of not transparency in the fact that our capital is in Juneau. Yeah. Our capital is a, a place that is not accessible by road. I feel like if you're the state of Alaska and you have put your uh, your capital and your state's representatives so far away from uh, from the people that they mm-hmm. represent, that uh, oh, and and it's it's fucking it's locked. You can't get there. I feel like the state should buy you a ticket. The state should buy you a round-trip ticket, and they should furnish your hotel room. And and you may be thinking to yourself at home, Bill, that's crazy. What The state would never go for that. They could never afford it. Yeah, so they should probably move to Anchorage. They should probably <laughs> move the capital to Anchorage. Uh, because when you put, mm-hmm. like, the, the lobbyists, 
the lobbyists in the state of Alaska that we never fucking see because they're in Juneau. The sport fisherman lobby that, that goes yeah. out there uh, for damn near an entire month. And, and we don't see it. We don't hear about it because we don't have the press that they have in other states. Because in Juneau, if someone's there taking a picture, maybe, but 20 bucks says that just like any other town with, uh, with one or two sources of media in it, it's, it's going to become really more of a thing of comforting what's there. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, you don't want to ruffle too many feathers. Mm-hmm. If you see that this lobbyist that you know is a lobbyist who, by the way, used to be a former legislator, um, talking to uh, a legislator uh, at dinner, I mean, like, should be should be something to talk about? What were they talking about? I kind of want to know. I want to know what rules are, are being uh, mm-hmm. bent. I, and when you do that, it's like, so in the military... I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a bunch of people onto the bus, um, but you would go on on TDYs, temporary duty assignment, mm-hmm. right? You'd go like I went to Bulgaria for six weeks. I got really drunk, uh, but a lot of folks cheat on their spouse. Like that's their opportunity to yeah. like, spouse isn't there. I'm in I'm in Bulgaria. No one will ever know. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how we are allowing the um, the elected officials of our state to operate. Because we don't see what's over there, and we yeah. just and we're trusting people that we know are fucking scumbags to do the right thing when we're not watching them, and then we see uh, how they vote, and we know they're scumbags, but there are scumbags, and we never get new scumbags. The yeah. the, the old scumbags give us younger scumbags who are still scumbags. We're never they never allow us to look for our own scumbags. It's kind of like with with the DNC right now with Andrew Yang uh, and Tulsi Gabbard. Where, uh, at, like MSNBC, has has shut down opportunities for the uh, the Yang campaign to to speak, or whether it's uh, the DNC and and how they're kind of uh, pushing Tulsi Gabbard out, or Google is uh, making her a lot harder to find than she should be. I mean, she's a she is a congresswoman from the state of Hawaii who is running for president. You shouldn't be you shouldn't be making it harder for people to find her. Google. Yeah. Google. Shouldn't leave her out of your sight. Yeah. Google. <laughs> yeah. I don't. But but what to do? But what to do? What is the what is the answer? You check DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo is the shit. That would be. The By the way, if you're at home and you don't have if you had if you don't have DuckDuckGo on your phone, you're fucking up. Like DuckDuckGo is the shit. It is. Well. Break it down. Break down some well, duck. The, um, I was just, you know, first probably clarify that we're not at, at this time. We are not in any way funded or compensated by DuckDuckGo. So this is just this is a good, all we, honest recommendation. Absolutely. This isn't. You know, what? we'll we'll talk we'll we'll talk about the intercept and the signal app when we're done. But yeah, <laughs> we are not currently being funded by DuckDuckGo. I would take some DuckDuckGo money. Like I'll take a Yo, little bit yeah, of privacy yeah, money. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not. Uh, that, yeah, that wasn't like rejection, DuckDuckGo, yeah, yeah. you're listening, which I'm sure they are. <laughs> I, I mean, you, you, you're waiting to be the goose. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> DuckDuckGo... It's it's basically, you're looking at something, uh, it's just a private browser, uh, browser, like it's not storing your cookies. It also doesn't, it doesn't exist in the, like the Google bu- bubble, where Google tries to pick for you. Yeah. Like it tries to identify what it thinks you want or what it already knows you want. Um, 
based on the recordings yeah. that it has of you saying what you want. Exactly. Based on yeah, and you know, um, so it's trying to it's trying to fine tune your internet experience so you get to have the best experience possible. If you know, if Google thinks you like Obama, you're gonna have very positive reviews of Obama coming up and you know, or positive articles and whatnot. Um, and that's Google's way of catering to you. The problem is though, you don't get outside that bubble. You're in the matrix at that point. And uh, that's the beauty of DuckDuckGo. No bubble. When you start like suppressing search information, like you, yeah. you've officially become a, a fuckhole. Like it's, you are, you are George Orwell's 1984. Yeah, you you've got you've got your microphones on all the time. <laughs> yeah. You're hiring people to analyze shit that's being said. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I want before I know what I want. Amazon knows when you're about to start a relationship. I, uh, I'm scared what Wish knows about me because when I see my Wish line, I'm like, you know, none of this. See, I don't, you know, like. There's uh, one of the like these series of like fake teeth, and then another one has like, you know, some lady who's using one of those those dental pieces from the dentist when like they're putting on uh, the like latex covering while they're putting on the braces and whatnot. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I don't, like, wish like, are do you, do you know something about me that I don't know? Maybe it knows that one of your favorite things to to do is a hobby. Maybe you're like you're an amateur dentist. Yeah, or maybe it's what I should have been. Ooh. Maybe it's like wish is your regret. <laughs> do you ha- do you have to go like to a like a, a licensed dentist or if you got a buddy who just who's like <laughs> some people are like good at cars he's just yeah. he's just good at mouths. <laughs> this is Earl. He does really good teeth work. He's a like, shade tree dentist. <laughs> I mean like 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 it's a gypsy cab or something. There's probably you know there's probably like somewhere along the lines like you know in the best parts of the world. Um, where you find maybe like old shamed dentists, you know, ones that maybe they didn't lose their license, or maybe they still, or maybe they did, but ultimately society pushed them out of the dental industry, and now they're in Thailand fixing teeth. <laughs> yeah. um, which, which is interesting. I mean, it's a, we've made it so that getting getting healthcare, whether it's optional mm-hmm. or whether it's actually needed, uh, it's it's m- more reasonable to take a vacation to Mexico or yeah. to Thailand or to Costa Rica or to some other place to get this procedure done than it is to get it done in the place you live. Yeah. <sighs> and oddly enough with that, because it used to be you would be terrified to go anywhere else in the world and have some sort of surgical procedure done, short of maybe like Sweden. But um, it's at the point now where because of that discrepancy in the cost, the Mexican dental industry has gotten really good and innovative in the, you know, I don't, maybe not innovative, but become really quality dentists. Yeah. So you I'm, get absolutely. a good product, a great product for a better price. Sounds really free market-ish. That's crazy. It's yeah. crazy how that works. A little competition. Woohoo! <laughs> and the cool thing is if you're going down to Mexico to get your teeth fixed, once yeah. your teeth are fixed, you get fucking all the great Mexican food you want. Exactly. Dude, if you lose if, a kidney... I mean, maybe, yeah. but like, if you were, if you found yourself, don't lose both. So here's a question for yeah. you then: If you, because uh, every situation's different. Like, so some folks might have just legitimately just been drugged when they were at brunch, yeah, and then they lose a kidney. However, generally speaking, 
when you hear that that myth, that urban legend, or I'm sure now it's fact, people have gotten their kidneys removed. Yeah. Um, organ theft is a thing. Organ farming is a thing. Um, so with that, I mean, like, it's it's a, an interesting thing to consider. Um, fuck, I don't know where I was going with it. Yeah, I, 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 you were heading somewhere for sure. Definitely. <laughs> it slipped my brain. It slipped my brain. Um, yeah. Well, I, I, one thing I was wondering, it's, uh, here, okay, here's, we'll go conspiracy for you. So, all of the current issues, trouble, uh-huh. bad things going on in Mexico, all lies from the dental industry. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Colgate's behind it. Yeah. It's Colgate. Nine out of ten dentists... <laughs> recommend you don't go to South America ever for your dental work. Um, but that's, that's, it's a really odd thing because like if you know your way around like a cool Mexican city and you've mm-hmm. got a good dentist, you're pretty much unstoppable. Yeah. Like if you're like, I'm going to go take you to a place to get some affordable dental care and we're going to get some of the best three tacos ever served by some of the liveliest, most friendly human beings you'll ever meet. <laughs> And then, and then that's what you get. You get affordable health care and, uh, and uh, fresh horchata. That's what Wish was telling me. That's, yeah. That's <laughs> everything it was trying to tell you. It's, yeah. it's an interesting time that we live in because mm-hmm. um, we do, I really firmly believe that we live in the best country on the planet. Oh, I, yeah. I Land of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, you have every opportunity to make a buck uh, before the sun goes down. Yeah. And we constantly, constantly allow the pursuit of capitalism, which is part of the American dream, uh, we allow the greed to overcome everything mm-hmm. else. We look at the cost of rising health care. We, we look at how we people's health care... The cost of health care has mm-hmm. gone up faster than inflation yeah so that that same health care that you got uh that your your employer is providing you're actually receiving less money mm-hmm. like it, it's costing more to get less and we saw that locally with with the teachers union and, and yeah why why do you think that we're coming to to that sort of place other than greed it's the only thing i can think there's of. i it's it's that I think it's a lot of misguided um, do-gooders. Honestly, the um, I think the main reason why you see your healthcare uh, costs increasing is um, we've created mandato- mandatory insurance. We let uh, we let like our whole Obamacare, you know, Affordable Care Act be written by the uh, the medical insurance lobby. They came in basically with a we're the most experienced people. We we get this all fixed up for you. And that's how we always do it. We always give yeah. the people who have been fucking us the longest <laughs> the opportunity to raw dick us first. Yeah. Um, we, we, and that's what we do. We have the lobbies write mm-hmm. the laws. Uh, bef- they, they figure out the regulations and why we don't need the regulations. Uh, safety second or third, folks. Mm-hmm. Right now, the most important thing is getting money back to the shareholders. And that's how we end up with Martin Shkreli's. Uh, that's that was the guy that bought the Wu-Tang Clan record yeah. for a million dollars who believes in prison now. Yeah. Um, but this dude raised the cost of uh, a drug 
you know, not him personally, but that was his job. That was, that's what, yeah. Like, their job is to make money for stockholders. But at the yeah. same time, we're all suffering. Uh, and and I, I hate to say this out loud. I'm getting a lot of shit for this, man, But mm-hmm. from the 10 people that listen to this. But the folks that you see, like, flexing the MAGA hats and the MAGA shirts, they're the folks that have been fucked over the most, <laughs> generally speaking. Yeah. Uh, by the people who are currently fucking them. Yes. Um, the the reason a lot of people voted for Donald Trump was because he was going to drain the swamp. And we've got no drain swamp. We've just got a different swamp. And I, Well, I think there's that. And I think the other reason a lot of people voted for Donald Trump was they believed they could they had to vote for Trump or Clinton. I think almost everyone in that vote or in that election was voting for what they believed the lesser of two evils were, which is still evil. Yeah, I voted for Gary. I don't yeah, like Gary. Same. Gary faked a heart attack on TV. That's the number one reason to vote for Gary. No, <laughs> no, you, no, yeah, I yeah, for Gary Johnson yeah. as well. I was, you know, and I, I think that's really interesting, and I, I advocate it for people um, because they want to vote. A lot, a lot of people I know want to vote for the winner. Like, they don't want their candidate to win. They want to be able to pick the right winner, and they're going to just vote along with that. Yeah. You know, so they can be part of team winner. Um, you know, they think they're playing, you know, scratch-its or something at the, at the ballot box. Um, so I, I, I often tell people, it's like, when you don't like, like, find a candidate you like, because you, you will. Like, if you dig around, now it's going to be, you know, it might be someone that, you know, is uh, you know running like a total independent campaign or or a libertarian or whatnot. Vote for who you think would do the best job. You're gonna be you're gonna lose. That's just part of it. But you can sleep at night. You know, you weren't responsible for. You know this, and it's the people that there is the people that make the argument too that uh, well you know it feels really irresponsible to vote for a third party candidate because I really need Trump to win over that Hillary or I really need that Hillary over that Trump and so many people have that mindset that the actual good guy doesn't even have a chance to win and the, the Democratic Party has done that like it, it no matter what like Donald Trump won the Republican primary yeah Hillary Clinton cheated uh, her way to kind of winning um but when you look at why and and what has got what i have heard um and, and the way the information has been transmitted to me and the way that i receive it essentially states that barack obama bankrupted the dnc and that hillary clinton and all of her supporters and all of her money essentially came in and rescued the dnc from bankruptcy uh, and that sort of allowed her to become the nominee regardless yeah. of anything else and so, just like... Um, well, it's very difficult to believe that Bernie Sanders did not win that primary. Yeah. You know. Can I tell you, like, I bought a t-shirt. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, got, I, bought a, I bought a union Someone should have bought it for you. <laughs> True story. Would have been more appropriate. Um, but, I, but I bought the shirt. Mm-hmm. I bought into it. And so, when he conceded and then endorsed Hillary Clinton, that was a kick in the balls. Yeah, like, and that's and that's why I, I could never vote for Bernie Sanders this time because you you took the you you didn't take a loss you, you were given me. a loss <laughs> and then you kissed the ass of the people who who stabbed you in the face mm-hmm. that you knew were stabbing you in the face the whole time. Um, Hillary Clinton and, and the DNC 
Well, the DNC now is kind of doing the same thing. Yeah. When we kind of talked about it before with Andrew Yang and Tulsi Gabbard. Um, Gabbard and uh, and I might be saying it wrong. And and Yang are two very interesting, very different voices from what is being presented to you as options by the DNC. Mm-hmm. You have Bernie Sanders, who is running on stuff he did 30 years ago. Yeah. Um, not not what happened in 2016, because I still need that. I want to know why you're still a part mm-hmm. of that team. Because that team fucking took, stole four years of, of our lives. And how much better would those of... Uh, those of debates have been if it was Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump. We that would have been robbed. fun. Oh yeah. God! Now, if, now if we'd have gotten Gary up there, it'd have been great. Why can't we have a third party? Why? Why? Well, it's because the same people run the same two parties, well, and it's the same reason why you see oh, why you have a Bernie Sanders in the uh, Democrat Party, why you have a Hillary Clinton there. Um, is because they know they need the label to win. See, none of them will go and be a third party because they're too stuck on this idea that it's going to be an R or a D. It's going to be an R or a D. And they suck them in. They suck in yeah. these candidates by saying you can't run as a third well, party now. And and the party and the beautiful part of it is that the party themselves need people because they need you know it's a numbers game. It's like Survivor. So you'd be like, but sure, you're, you're you know what, Bernie, you'll get you'll you'll do great. You'll love it here. You'll be a great addition. We got some other kind of socialists over there. You'll blow them out of the water. Yeah, you're way more socialist yeah. than that. You, you guys all go out and socialize yourself. Bernie Sanders is a walking tub of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Mm-hmm. Like He's a walking virtue signal, but he's been on the right side of history for a very long time. Yeah. However, in the twilight of his life, <laughs> he sucked up to Satan. Yeah. Um, for security, maybe I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know why he's in a place where he feel, still feels he needs to run as a Democrat. If he'd run as a third party, I think he'd be far more successful. You have Elizabeth Warren, who I don't. She, she's mayonnaise to me. Like she's, she's a really boring, nice lady who probably mm-hmm. knows a lot about math. Um, but I don't know that I would necessarily want her to make the tough decisions about. Uh, going to war, fighting battles, the the cost of life. Mm-hmm. I like that Tulsi Gabbard has been to Iraq, and that she like, I like that she's she's currently a a captain in the National Guard. Yeah. Although it's kind of funny if she if she were to win, does she get a promotion in the Guard? I don't know. Are they still going to give her like every other weekend off? I don't know. Like, if you are, oh shit! What if she was enlisted? Like, yeah. so this is a whole different. So that's a whole different world. Like, the officer world is you know the high and mighty yeah. ruler crowns and stuff, and then the E's are you know like knuckle draggers. Cool. But if she was like a staff sergeant, like if she was an E six in the Army National Guard, and she was also the president. Yeah. If you're like, how do you give her paperwork if she fucks up? Like she could fall asleep at work all day long because she's got an excuse. She's like, I'm. The, I was up all night. I was talking Running to Putin. <laughs> I ain't get a lot of sleep. I shouldn't be driving. We're gonna do one up, one down. You watch this, which is, by the way, uh, how Epstein was allowed to uh, air quotes kill himself. Uh, was uh, one up, one down. Yeah. Someone uh, wasn't getting enough sleep. 
Yeah. And so they were sleeping, which I, from experience, um, if you do the one up, one down, where one of you is supposed to stay awake, like in the army, sometimes they call it fire watch. Um, if you're doing one up, one down, eventually both of you are going to fall asleep. That happens. Yeah. He's, eh. Um, so we can't allow Sergeant Gabber to just sleep in the side of a vehicle like that, even if she is the president. Yeah. But it would be interesting to watch. I mean, like, how does, how does is, that discussion happen? Is Commander-in-Chief a military title? You're still running this show. Yeah. But, but like, is it like an official... I assume, because you couldn't be promoted to it, could you? I wouldn't imagine no, so. Not. Like, you're... I mean... And if you are, you have to make someone your supreme general. Like, how do you pick that person? Yeah. Like, do you go by, do you go by body count? Do you like, <laughs> oh, this guy's the biggest nerd, or this chick is, uh, she is this? Like, how do you decide who is who is going to be your supreme commander? Because do, do you even get public input? I'd imagine probably not. Probably not. But I'm fairly certain Eisenhower, when he was the supreme allied right. commander, was pretty popular, <laughs> at least among the aliens. But. <laughs> He wasn't. He wasn't with Krill then. He was still fighting yeah. in Europe. Which, there's a lot to unpack there, man. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack with with Krill. Um, so if you're at home listening to this, if you're still listening to this, do some Krill research. All right. So you got some fights coming up. Let's go, let's get into that because let's that. just how people can can interact and and see what it is that you're <laughs> yeah. doing. So you you coach you're coaching boxers. You, yeah. You've been coaching for how long now? Oh geez. Um, I think it's going on. Like ten years, how'd you get involved? Ten years, uh, you know, um, had a little bit, little bit of like gym experience. You know, not like I, not even really anything that I, I would really count for much. But I always had like this love and this passion for for boxing. And um, whereas like I can watch MMA and like kind of just relax and enjoy a fight uh, with boxing, I, everything seems to break down into like little individual movements of each guy. So it's it's like watching like chess. You know, so it's not quite of an exciting thing for me to watch. Um, but I was, so I always had this ability to kind of break down and see mistakes people were making. And I ended up joining up with uh, Seth, uh, Stacy, um, who's also a coach. And uh, together, we started just kind of throwing things together and putting a gym together. And uh, that was, that was like 2009-ish. And uh, from then on, I just kind of evolved and kept working in various different gyms and, or privately. And, uh, yeah, just kind of, just kind of, I guess, fell into it. It was like just one of those loves, those passions, and one of those things that, you know, just by doing what I loved doing, it became something I did. Okay. So, I've actually had Seth on the podcast. We've yeah. talked about, we've talked about boxers. Uh, we've talked about Pernell Whitaker. We've talked about um, Vasil Lomachenko. Is Vasil Lomachenko that good, or... or if if you're a boxing nerd, have we seen this before? And if so, where would we have seen footwork like that, movement like that? Um, is he that good? I believe he is that good. I although, but you you when you say like when have we seen something like this before? Uh, Roy Jones Jr. comes to mind. Virtually unstoppable. I think he got like a silver medal in the Olympics, but it was clearly uh, a robbery. In fact, I think the champion for Korea or wherever it was actually at at the time. Um, uh, had even, like, basically sent him a, a letter saying, you beat me, you know. Um, but anyway, so with that, uh, he, Roy Jones Jr. was trained by his dad and had sort of a very unorthodox style, but just extremely gifted athlete. So with Lomachenko, there's obviously, there's a lot of technique going into what he does. 
but he's also a very gifted athlete that has figured out a way to do this that other people weren't doing and how to exploit that. And, and I see that like in MMA. You see guys that yeah. do it, do what people are doing, but they do it differently. And they yeah. do it in a way that maybe we haven't seen like that. It's, it's a combination it's that we've... it's been so many years since yeah. we've seen it and everyone developed a style against it and then forgot about it. And it's the constant evolution of the boxing styles. Yeah, and, and we go to, sometimes you see specialists, sometimes you don't. My favorite boxer of all time it has very little to do with boxing. It has more to do with, with heart than anything else. Yeah. Um, the Alien, uh, B-Hop. Yeah. The, just, a, just a fantastic, um, I, when I talk about the, America being the land of opportunity, mm-hmm. fucking land of opportunity yes. uh, in, in, in Bernard Hopkins. And the fact that Bernard Hopkins, A, he's still like all there. Yeah. And, and B, like now he's he's training other folks, which is incredible. It's really, really, oh, yeah. really wonderful when you have that kind of breadth of experience uh, in any field that is is teaching kids, especially with folks that perform at a high level. Mm-hmm. Now, do you know if if Lomachenko's dad was a boxer? Um, you know, I do not know. I, I have noticed, though, oftentimes in these people that win in a very uh, unorthodox sort of way, or, uh, you know, they just seem... Like, they don't move like other guys move that are also trained by their parents. You usually find their parents will have, like, some weird job. Like, yeah, he was a musician or a ja- played jazz or he yeah. was a dance instructor and who loved boxing. And they yeah. just saw something different. But there's yeah. something about parents who are, who are coaching their kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we see it in, in very high, level, uh, high levels of sports. Yeah. You see it with the Mayweathers. You see it with, um, with Lomachenko. You see it with uh, Habib Nurmagomedov. Um, these folks that perform at very, very high levels, a lot of times they are being coached their, by their parents. Sage Northcutt uh, out of 1FC yeah. uh, uh, in uh, Singapore. Yeah, he's coached by his dad. Um, I think there's something to be said about that. There's, um, uh, well, I, th- I think what I've found with, uh, you know, it makes sense because a lot of times coaches, uh, other coaches I've found, uh, they, want, they want to run everything. They want to do it all. They want to be the instructor for everything. And I think um, they they may believe they have their fighter's best interest in mind, like it may be a real protective kind of thing for them, but it's not actually doesn't actually have your fighter's best interest in mind. And I think if you get a dad, and a dad's you know he's going to want to get in there and do a little bit of it with you and, and push you and watch you grow, but he's also going to be thinking you know I got to find a Freddie Roach or I got to find you know Floyd Mayweather Sr. or Roger Mayweather or you know one of the Garcia brothers. I got to get a guy like that to start working with my kid. I'm still his coach, but I'm now giving him tools using other people. And I think yeah. that's what you find quite a bit in like the dad relationship. They're like life managers. Yeah. You know, it's like, like dad paid for your karate instruction. So he gets to be coach. Fair enough. Daddy yeah. gets to ride shotgun in your new Lambo. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you're seeing a lot of guys, you're seeing guys like Lomachenko mm-hmm. in other sports who are doing things kind of differently, like um, style better, Israel yeah. Asanya. Uh, he's. You've kind of seen what he does, but you haven't seen it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you haven't seen the movement. You haven't seen the precision. You haven't seen a guy. I mean, Conor McGregor moves crazy as well. Yeah. And he was knocking people out with hard shots using precision. But you you didn't see it to the same degree that you saw it with with Israel Adesanya consistently doing that. Like Conor mm-hmm. had those fights, and then we don't see him again. Fucking Israel Adesanya had like 62 fights last year. Like yeah. I think he was fighting every three hours. Um, but you you have folks who are doing things that, that you just haven't seen. You see it 
it sometimes you see it in jujitsu. You see it with the, like the Mayao brothers, or you see it in in MMA with Damian Maya being able to to submit a, a guy like Ben Askren. Some guys sometimes you you run into guys who are specialists who just do something on a whole other level. Yeah. Um, and I think that we're lucky to live in that time where we get the communication and we get the access to it. You can follow these guys on YouTube and see what they're doing and kind of see what their training oh, yeah. methods are and how they can incorporate, how you can incorporate them into your life. Um, you know where we weren't getting that? We weren't getting that pre-internet, <laughs> which is when these these media corporations mm. really owned all of our access to information. Yeah. Um, Got to talk about this uh, without saying any names. Uh, the local station, the local conserv- more conservative station that gets its news from ABC. Yeah. That just makes me smile on the inside. <laughs> I got to I got to be honest because they're never going to I don't think they're ever going to dress address on the air on any of their shows um, ABC's crushing of the Jeffrey Epstein story or or that uh, Disney executives were flown to Epstein Island. In fact, there mm-hmm. was um, a Disney executive who was just convicted in Oregon who, uh, I, I allegedly, as I understand it, made it out to Epstein Island a couple of times, but it wasn't until he was at that vice president level of Disney that he made it to Epstein Island. So those are the guys that are providing all of your information. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, and those are the guys and gals that are giving your breakdown of uh, what's going on with uh, with the president and his impeachment. Yes. So you are. When I worked at that station, mm-hmm. all right, um, there was a clock that had a countdown to the end of Obama's administration. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh. And and now. Oh, I never got to see it go to zero. I don't think. I just, it just went to zero. Like, nothing. It didn't explode or anything. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, it, it made a whistle sound or something. No, nothing like no, that. No, like glitter? Nah. <laughs> but these uh, these guys now have to present that very clearly biased against their agenda, which they have presented for years. Mm-hmm. Just makes me smile. Yeah, it's it's quite fun. But I think it's, you know, I think that's really the interesting thing in all of it, though, is, I mean, look, because I've seen, I've worked in news departments. I've seen it happen all the time where it's like a big story happens, but, oh, man, that's kind of one of our big clients. Yeah, it's not really. That, yeah, that's not, I mean, it's, you know, if it's something major and everyone else will be talking about it, we'll do it. But sometimes it's like, or, you know, or they'll hold a story for a little bit, you know. Um, and so... On that kind of scale, those kind of as a news director, you gave me a tip that you had a story like that. I'm gonna lose my mind. Everyone's going a whole different direction, and we're gonna we're blowing this out of the water. This is the moment. Um, you know, you like when you're doing news. This is what you live for. You finally have a story that no one else has. That's the biggest. You're breaking one of the biggest, it. Yeah, and um, and it's gonna yeah, it's gonna crash just so many levels of uh, you know, the man. Uh, that's where I'd been at as a news director. And I assume their news director probably was the same way. So someone, somewhere, had to go, yeah, we're not going to run that. We're not even going to look into it. 
And then you have to ask yourself why. Because at that level, mm-hmm. uh, the name that I've heard thrown around a lot is George Stephanopoulos. Yeah. Uh, who's former communications director for Bill Clinton. Um, and at that point, in that time, they were trying to get on the Hillary train. They were trying to influence the election. Mm-hmm. So on a local level, you are married to the very same people who are ideologically, fundamentally opposed to everything that you have built your company on. Mm-hmm. Um, just makes me laugh. Yeah. Not married. You know, by the way, so I, I feel like I can, I, it's just you and I talking, no yeah. mics or nothing. Uh, so I, I don't know if you are if you know George, old man George. Yeah, He's been old. on the podcast. He works for Red Run. I've seen him, but I don't know him, know him, but. So I think I want to have him do the weather. Yeah? Yeah. If you have him doing the weather every night on the Red Run YouTube channel, uh, <laughs> it's going to be far more entertaining than whatever bullshit runs every hour on every station. <laughs> um, because it's just going to be it's just going to be way more fun. Oh, and not married to anyone that's providing the news. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah it's just us making fun of stuff. Um, but yeah, so like George giving you the weather. Nice. Do some dabs. Talk about it. Uh, you should maybe drive carefully tomorrow. <laughs> or not. Whatever. You're a grown-up. You figure it out. Um, but make sure that, like, if we have a green screen, he only wears green suits. <laughs> You'd have to. Yeah. There's no other way this works. And, uh, yeah, we have to bolster his face. Nothing Nothing is more fun than a green suit against a green screen. There's so much you can do. Because yeah, it doesn't work quite perfect. No. <laughs> Like, this will be wonderful. <laughs> I love just a little outline. Um, but yeah. yeah. All right. Anything coming up? Any movies you want to see? Um, um, we've got The Irishman. We have to do a review yeah. of The Irishman. That is a mandatory fucking movie to do. I did Green Eggs and Ham. I don't know where you are on that. Okay. So have you been watching Green Eggs and Ham? I I've, I think I've watched like episode one through six or seven. And then I've got like a, another one that I'd watched later. So I started. I started it. I I got through the opening credits, and then I saw executive produced by Ellen DeGeneres, <laughs> and I realized that no matter, no matter what, this is like evil propaganda <laughs> given to us by people who are out of touch with reality. Um, Ellen DeGeneres. Did Did you know that she was involved with the Podesta emails? No. Yeah, that's one. So. Um, the Hillary campaign was very much for Ellen DeGeneres because she was always friendly to whatever it was that they were selling. And in these emails, they, they say she is committed to whatever, whatever it is we're selling, Ellen is on board. And so she is one of our useful allies. Now you start looking into the history of Dr. Seuss, uh, there's the word racist comes up a lot. And so you have Ellen DeGeneres Who's, who's been out taking pictures uh, with someone who may or may not be a war criminal, depending mm-hmm. on how you feel uh, about the war in Iraq, Mr. Mr. Former President George, uh, George Walker Bush, old W. Um, but a lot of the things that she's done are just kind of suspect anyway. But she's green eggs and ham. She's associated with the, <laughs> with the propaganda that is coming from Mr. Dr. Seuss. Whew. What is your take on it? Have you are you red pilling this, or are you like taking it for what it is? You know, uh, this is uh, on this one. This uh, well, first I was one. I looked at the, the the cast for the thing. I was actually blown away by the uh, by the first couple episodes because the book is what thirty pages, something like that. You're gonna do like a series of twelve, 
and I, apparently there is going to be a second season or something. Um, how can well, you, because they how don't have you... to pay uh, uh, fucking Dr. Seuss anymore. Yeah, exactly. He's long dead. He should make some shit up. <laughs> but to be able to like stretch this over, uh, you know, to be able to stretch this over that amount of time, and uh, it really is something from nothing. The, yeah, to not rhyme. The, yeah, it's it's basically it's a creation of um, it's a creation of like a Dr. Seuss green eggs and ham world. And uh, the one thing I will give them mad credit for. Is uh, they they did they, they they drew on each individual cell. It was you know it was cell by cell animation, not computer animation or anything of that nature. Which is why each episode cost them like six million dollars or something insane. Um, but what I, a uh, fucking waste of money. You know, I I was on the fence until I saw um, you know, till they uh, had a little throwback to the Shawshank Redemption and to like Les Mis. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, like, you know, so... I just... So they bring in the postman as well? <laughs> Stay tuned. No. I, I, I wanted you to get excited that maybe okay. they did. Right. But <laughs> And when I say the postman, I don't mean Lem is. What I mean is, like, the, what, the Kevin, Kevin Costner. Costner. Yeah. The postman. Yeah. yeah. The passion of the postman. <laughs> How we rebuild America. The rookie! <laughs> yeah. Now, you know... Uh, I give I give Dr. Seuss a lot of leeway because of the time, you know. But uh those are clearly some really racist drawings. And honestly, if uh but I will give I give him leeway cuz that's what like 1940. Yeah. I don't know, like we're in a, like a post Pearl Harbor world or who knows. Yeah. Yeah. Um but the uh it is funny though, because you look at some of the other people that do the whole "you wore blackface thirty years ago, you now can't have a TV show, can't be." If you're on our side, you you can. Yes. If you're on our side, if you're Joy Behar or you're Justin Trudeau, mm-hmm. yes, you can go. You can wear all of the blackface. However, uh, yeah, if you're uh, Ben Carson. Mm-hmm. Um, you're probably not allowed to go as Ben Carson without getting shit on. Yeah. All right. Someone is that someone knocking? Yeah, I thought so. All right. If I get shot, I'm still recording. All right. So I realize we've been going for like over an hour. Yeah. Um, and by the way, the person at the door was not trying to shoot us, which is we're very grateful for. That is, that's, that's what he's making us say right now. <laughs> <laughs> we're very safe. We're very, very safe. Um, so is there anything is there anything you're excited to see, like on Netflix or on Prime? You really oh. want to finish Green Eggs and Ham, or like no, you committed no, no, to this? No, 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 no. I'm I, I'm over that. I just I will say though, you know, it's one of those. You can forgive a little bit of racism because it's pretty good. Okay. Now, <laughs> that's on a scale from 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 Doctor Seuss to Hitler. Uh, <laughs> it's weird that that scale exists, and that's a scale that we have now. Um, Rick and Morty, actually, which uh, I believe comes in on the Adult Swim app. I hope they have the new episodes in their loop. Like, you can hop on the Adult Swim app and watch uh, marathon Rick and Morty episodes. Yeah, I don't have, I, and I don't have Hulu. I don't have, mm-hmm. and I feel like I should get one of those services. Those are probably the things that I should probably well, Adult invest Swim is in. free as well, the Adult Swim app. 
Oof. Yeah. Uh, South Park also free on their website. Yeah. Um, so we're looking at things that are that are out now uh, mm-hmm. for the month of November uh, on Netflix. The big one, the real big one, is um, is The Irishman. Yeah. And and I'm excited to see that. Um, but there there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that came out uh, in in November. We're coming in the holiday season, so there's going to be a lot of interesting movies that are coming out now. Also coming up this month. Um, I don't know what Dirty John is, uh, but it sounds like it could be romantic. It could go one way or the other. Now, uh, Dolly Parton has a, a, a new series on Netflix uh, come out. Today's yeah. what? The 22nd, right? Congratulations so on Dolly Parton being alive. Yeah, no shit. She's a thousand years old. Mm-hmm. She's a thousand years old. And she looks, she's never looked like she's gone above the age of 40. But then yeah. again, I've never seen her face to face. She no. could she could look like the Crypt Keeper in real life, but she looks great in a photo. Uh, and apparently, a Dolly Parton suit. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's it hasn't been her in fifteen years. Yeah. It's actually, um, and that's why we have deep fake technology that we have, and that's the reason that like the like they have like I'm sure they have like CIA skin labs where they're like figuring out how to make people look like other people mm-hmm. so that we can have a fake president of. As there hasn't been a, a real Venezuela. president. In- Ever. Like, Ever. these have all been people that have created in labs. Um, by the fine folks at Netscape. By the fine. <laughs> Thanks, Netscape. <laughs> Thanks for everything. Thanks for Navigator. Um, so there's a, there was a documentary about the guy that founded Berkham, uh, Bikram Yoga, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm kind of curious about because that guy stretched and was into weird shit. So we've also got Narco World, Dope Stories, came out today. By the way, I fucking love Narcos. Narcos is my favorite Netflix yeah. show, um, and I love when it comes out. So I might be, I might check that one out. Um, but the uh, the big one still comes back to on the twenty seventh, Netflix. Yeah, anything that any anything besides that that you're interested in checking out? Nah, that sounds like pretty good. Well, you know how initially this is the uh, this is where we tease next episode, and then change our mind in the middle of the week yeah (laughs) well i don't think that we're going to change our mind with this one this is this is a big one now i do kind of want to go back and watch as an adult um fear and loathing in las vegas but i've seen that so many times that i don't know that it's necessarily something that i need to see um Jeff Garland uh, documentary or not documentary stand up bit maybe maybe worth watching. Um, I might it's that time of the year I might just go with Old Faithful and just check out Gangs of New York. Yeah, tis the season. Tis the season. Tis the season to watch Gangs of the New York before Thanksgiving. Or do you just think that's too soon? I don't know. It's like white after Labor Day. Like busting out the. The gangs of New York, like right before Halloween's even here. I, I'm, I'm a lot like uh, I'm a lot like Advent calendars, yeah. like the the candy, uh, you know, yeah, the yeah, can, yeah. A candy Advent calendar. Yeah. yeah, so it's the same thing. I'm like I all my chocolates eaten by the fifth. Um, <laughs> I like to buy them after Christmas. Oh gosh, and yeah. there's no guilt to opening them up, and they're always discounted to like a buck. So, yeah, then there's that. You get the a whole not bunch sponsored of sponsored by Advent calendars though. No, it would be way cooler if it were, because then we talk about how you should all get Netflix or get get Netflix and watch Advent or Advent calendars. Um, <laughs> but I do want to give I, I want to give something special away for people that are still listening. Yeah. So here is here is the special giveaway. If you are still listening, take your sweet ass over to Schnitzel Bomber. If you order a meal, mention the podcast. They will hook you up with a free bread pudding. 
or this is one of the reasons that that I, that I got into the the podcasting thing was because I just I wanted cheap stuff, yeah, and I wanted to pass on the savings. So here's another way that I'm passing on the savings. This is the the ten dollar. Uh, it's kind of like the slider equivalent of whatever the special is at um, the Schnitzel Bomber. It's the ten dollar serving size yeah. of whatever the the special is. So if the special is like fifteen bucks, and it's a gigantic schnitzel with this, that, and the third. It's a smaller portion um, that is probably not going to put you to sleep. Because if you get it, I don't know if you've been to the schnitzel bomber, but you get yourself a meal there, you're, you're going to bed. Yeah. If you get it for lunch, you're fucking sleeping for lunch. Um, you know, you're going to sleep through the rest of the day, and that's your own damn fault. We're telling you up front. However, if you get the $10 meal, maybe you have a cup of coffee, maybe you, you sip some kratom. Yeah, you go for a jog or something. Maybe you'll stay up. Um, but go there, tell them you want the $10 woke and baked hookup, or you get the meal, mention the podcast, and get your hands on some super duper sweet ass bread pudding. Nice. There we go. Credit card number's on file. <sighs> Hell yeah. Thanks for that credit card number. <laughs> Daddy's getting a new <coughs> stereo. <laughs> By the way, yeah. <laughs> you can order directly from me. Um, we also do, uh, we, we've also got more of the shirts coming. Yeah. Yeah. So a second run. So we're doing a second run. And, and so the original idea with the, the t-shirts, we're going to do short runs and we're never going to do that colorway and that style again. So like we've got the smiling Unabomber mm-hmm. in the Seattle Seahawks colorway. We've got some stuff coming in the, um, in the New England Patriots colorway. Ooh. Yeah. So all of these things are like, these shirts are going to connect to these cities mm-hmm. for, for different reasons. Like, so the smiling Unabomber, Seattle's a tech town. Okay, San Francisco is also a tech town. So it was either it's either this run we do the Seahawks or and the next run the 49ers or, or we split it up uh, or the Golden State Warriors. Just switching up the colorway of the team mm-hmm. for the shirt. So um, with the city of Boston or, or <laughs> the the land of the Constitution, as they say in France. I don't know if that's actually what they say yes. in France. I don't I don't speak the French, um, but. But, but, all things, all things being all yeah. things, uh, so we're working on. I, you know, I wouldn't call myself a, a financial analyst. Um, not personally, I wouldn't. But you could. I yeah, it would be that option. It doesn't take a lot of. I don't think it takes a lot of education to, to call yourself a financial analyst. Well, yeah, not if, as long as you're not like specifying a good one. <laughs> but I would say, see a lot of correlation here between these shirts and the Beanie Babies. Yeah. So I'm thinking this is a potential, it's going to be an investment, you know, 10, 20 years now, people have books written, probably collecting of... They're like, the the marketing genius of these fucking pirate weirdos. Pull pull your money out of your Roth. Right (laughs) now. Cash everything out. Well, it's all, what did Bill Hicks say? It's a fake economy anyway. Like, (laughs) none of that shit's real. They're pressing money out of nowhere. Um, You know, it's like getting a loan from the bank. That money's just being pressed up from, it doesn't exist. Um, Shirt will keep you warm. Yeah, the shirt, when when the government turns off the lights, (laughs) the shirt will do more to keep you warm. And they're all 100% cotton, so you can weld in them. Nice. Which is really important. I weld. I like I wanna yeah. wear I wanna wear a cool shirt when I weld. And so now I get to I get to wear some cool stuff. But because of the colorways that can match your shirts or mm-hmm. you already have the outfit to, to, yeah. to make it work. Maybe even the helmet. 
maybe even the helmet. Maybe you can you can run people over in your in your New England Patriots woken baked get up. Um, but so it, it ties into Boston Dynamics, ties into robots. Mm-hmm. We've got some other stuff coming up with some other teams and their colorways. Chicago is going to be fun because it's probably that's probably going to be crime. I think Chicago is <laughs> going to be crime and Hillary Clinton. Um, so so look forward to that. I don't know if it's going to be like Hillary Clinton, like the old school um, New England Patriots guy getting yeah. ready to hike the ball, but her taking a shit on the Constitution. Um, <laughs> The problem with that, though, is like you want to make sure it's that people are gonna gonna want to wear. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I'm running into the issue with the Unabomber. The problem with the Unabomber is that it's the Unabomber, or people think it's me. <laughs> so that's been the other issue that I've had. Like, why did you get your face on a shirt? Like, I'm not that handsome. Like, that's that's Uncle Ted. Uh, so, so the next ones are going to be a little bit more. Oh, that's what that is. You'll you'll yeah. you'll see them and you'll figure. It'll be easier to figure out, like the Unabomber with the smile. But like, you'll get it. You'll see these things and like, oh, I get it now. I, I kind of get it. But they're still going to be the sort of those messages in the color way. Like mm-hmm. this 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 means that. Yeah. And this is why that is there. There's there's always going to be like two or three meanings to it. It's sort of like um. So I was watching just a, a clip of. Uh, Fucking um, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. They're in Buffalo Bill's house. And there's like Nazi shit on the wall in the basement. Mm-hmm. So there was uh, Jonathan Demi, Ted Demi. I think it was Ted Demi. I don't know. One of the Demis. The one that directed that movie was a fucking genius. Because you put that much thought into like what's there in the background. It's like a, yeah. I was checking a Jay's analysis of The Shining. And apparently... Uh, when they're in the uh, the New York apartment in Jack's New York apartment with his family, apparently there's there's uh, some gay porn hanging out. Like if you pay attention to what's going yeah. on in the background. So on top of all of this other shit that like Buffalo Bill's got going on, then there's like this this Nazi shit in the corner. Like you really have to be paying attention to see mm-hmm. what else is going on. Like um, not No Country for Old Men. Uh, there will be blood. Yeah. There will be blood when the dude gets uh, rocketed out of the. Uh, um, fucking the tunnel out of the cavern mm-hmm. his legs are broken that dude had to to crawl fucking 20 miles back to town with broken beaten legs like it's a tough human being um, and you have to put if you don't think about it now you've got to think about it and so that's kind of the, the thing with the shirts except like poop jokes <laughs> yeah like is that is that what that is okay that's what that is I'm basically making it hard for like uh, for the the parents of my wife's students to look her in the face. Like, <laughs> like if they know if they know about the podcast and they know me, this is you either asked for my wife as uh, to be your kid's teacher or you had no idea. <laughs> Which, by the way, she doesn't co-sign any of my crazy shit. Like the reason yeah. I think the reason that I'm married to her is because she doesn't indulge my crazy shit. Like. Yeah. Uh, that and I think that that she's also part reptilian. That way you don't have to be grounded, and you get yeah. to date lizard people. Basically, okay. So, um, without going into into to a whole lot, like yeah, I it's you ever see the last Starfighter? Oh my gosh, not for a while. Okay, so are you familiar with the plot? Yeah, not okay. exactly. So for those, you'll of you, have to refresh my memory. All right. So, last Starfighter, a guy lives in a trailer park. 
uh, and there is a video game that is dropped off, and that is essentially a war simulator for aliens uh, very, very far, far away. Might as well be in another dimension. Um, <laughs> but this also comes out at a time when Hollywood is releasing movies that do have loose tie-ins to actual events, like we kind of talked about a little bit earlier um, with E.T. and mm. Close Encounters. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and say that, go full crazy, and say that that, uh, that film was a loosely be- based retelling of her great-grandfather and his military service. Yeah, I'm probably going to edit Solid. that part. <laughs> I'll, I'll explain it to you off air, but it's pretty fucking, pretty fucking interesting. Um, I, I got me speechless. I got stoned one day and put that into uh, and put it like into a cohesive thought to her, and I thought she was going to ask for a divorce. <laughs> like, are you saying that my my great grandfather is part reptile lizard person, or that I am da 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 da? Like, yeah, basically, your family, you're the yeah. eyes, you're you're the Eisenhowers. You're you're the you're the eye you're basically just like the Eisenhowers. Are you sure she's not just like your caretaker? Pretty like, sure. She's like, you're, you're in. She's she's actually collecting an extra check for babysitting me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. Like it's this is this is my husband patient. Yeah. That's my husband patient. She didn't have a southern accent, by the way. I just yeah, threw that one out. I do a terrible impression of my wife. Actually, teach. She's just with her other patients. Yes, <laughs> who all happen to be like eleven. Yeah, yeah, they all happen to be fourth graders. Um, meanwhile, she's you know talking to them about learning. <laughs> That's what she does. All right. So, what do you want to watch, man? We got to figure something out. Terminator. Terminator. The first Terminator is always a good one to go back to because because there's new Terminators. There's new Terminators that I don't want to watch. Yeah, but. People that don't get into conspiracy theories really like to get into Skynet. Like they're like, when <laughs> people say, "I don't like to get into conspiracy theories," but Skynet's one I believe in. <laughs> um, okay, so get ready for the flat Earth, motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> ah, yeah. So, I mean, so like, I'm, I don't know the the first Terminator, maybe. Um, but is there anything specific that you that you want to watch? I mean, I don't think I don't think I have anything at the moment. First Terminator is interesting. Alright, so what about The Last Matrix? It was the worst one. That would be fine. Okay, so we are going to review The Very Last Matrix. And The uh, First Terminator. And The First Terminator, because you're supposed to. Because yeah. those are... Cause, yeah. <laughs> dude, I, I went to the midnight showing of, of, the second ter- of The Second Matrix. Yeah. I went to the midnight showing of The Third Matrix, and... I'm still pissed off that I didn't get a good night's sleep after that third <laughs> Matrix. It was like the first two were so good, I'm going to get this third one. And either I might just be that dumb and didn't get it when it came out, and so that's why we're watching, why I'm watching it now. But, I don't know, still probably going with bullshit. <laughs> um, hey, what, a, what an interesting... I wonder if anyone was thrilled with that. Like, come out of the third Matrix and like, really summed it up yeah glad that, now. glad that tied everything back together yeah. no instead we're talking about going back to the matrix like what the fuck <laughs> is that about like okay so how do they address that neo is now 20 years older when he goes into the matrix because the matrix isn't a real place uh so when he does dip into it is he gonna like freakishly go back to 
fucking looking like uh, like Bill Ted Bill S- or Ted <laughs> Ted looking like Bill's buddy. Um, yeah. I'm gonna say Willie S. Preston, but um, <laughs> but yeah. So like, is, are they gonna are they gonna age reverse him like they did De Niro in uh, in the Irishman? Yeah, you know, I don't know what they're gonna do here. That one, you know. But I mean, is Keanu Reeves really has he aged? Yeah, actually, he's 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 aged. Yeah. He's he moved like an old guy in the last John Wick. Like, have you ever seen an old guy on the treadmill? Yeah, that's how John Wick ran. <laughs> like, he looked like a like he ran like a guy who'd been through some shit. Um, <laughs> like joints weren't moving the way they were supposed yeah. to. You know, uh, so mm. part of the Matrix got broken, and that's the part that keeps your skin from aging. Yes. Yes. Now the part that isn't broken in the Matrix is the part where they still make shitty sequels. Yeah. So, so we'll check this out. So, what do you want to start with? Um, it's hard to say. Start with Matrix Three, but but Matrix Three is the one that we know is on Netflix. Yeah. Um, and I'm not 100 percent sure uh, if the Terminator is on Prime. Now I do know that it is on YouTube, but it comes with ads. I only want to watch it on YouTube if it's like the edited for TV version. Like that's the only reason I want to watch Scarface at this point because yeah. the, I've seen Scarface a, a many, many times. Yeah, the edited for TV version is only seventeen minutes too. It's yeah, so See, if you cruise right through. It's like footnotes. Yeah, if you're t- if you're in the bathroom and you're like, I want to watch, I, I want to watch Scarface. You can watch the TV version. Beep 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 beep. Um, which. Is basic like we could you could watch the fuzz you could do back to back you watch the yeah. original the fuzz, um, by the way shout out to Melissa McCarthy you stealing piece of shit, um, <laughs> fucking stealing from stealing from one of the greatest buddy genres of all time the mm-hmm. man puppet cop comedy yeah what are you, what are you thinking There's nothing sacred nothing 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 you're you, you stole you stole from uh, Lethal Weapon. And meet the feebles, you, you fucking you evil stole from Satan. A puppet. You suck. You suck, Melissa McCarthy. I hope I hope Jim Henson's uh, loved ones come back and beat the shit out of you. Um, by the way, speaking of loved ones, uh, mm. shout out to to one of Disney's heirs who recently came out and said that the super rich are super out of touch. Yeah. Yeah. So huh. shout out to her. Shout. Out, she's gonna get disowned by the company, of yeah. course. Like, uh, by the way, I, I've gotten requests. Don't wealth shame me. I've gotten requests to yeah. do a Disney uh, episode where we break down the Disney conspiracies because starting with Walt Disney's signature, there are three sixes inside of his signature. Dun, dun, dun. So, so we have listeners and they are making requests. The other request that I've had. That is phase one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other request that I've had is yeah. for Denver International Airport. And I did some research into that one, and so I'm going to give that one away right now. It's fucking stupid. All right, it's Denver. All right, get out of there. Um, Denver International Airport. The conspiracy is that um, essentially it's a secret military underground base under the airport. Yeah. Which is okay. So you have close to there. You you have NORAD. Like a like a, an hour and change away in Colorado Springs, and now that's where the real shit is. You have Cheyenne Mountain. That's where the real shit is. Um, the real shit is not in the place that has weird art because it has weird art. Um, huge 
public undertakings where they they put murals on the wall. Mm-hmm. Typically, it's weird art. Like when they were doing the the Rockefeller Center, and they had um, Frida Kahlo's husband, yeah, uh, who is very much a socialist. Uh, paint. He did a very socialist mural because that's who you hired. You hire creative people to throw up gigantic pieces of paint, uh, pieces of art in a public space, and they come through very oftentimes with very poignant politically uh, political shit, uh, and that's where that is. The most important thing that you have to remember about Denver International Airport is they actually have a city walk. <laughs> now, if you watch South Park, you are aware of Shitty Walk. They have a city walk in the Denver International Airport. Now, I've never gotten food from there because there's always a line. And I'm sure it's made up of people who are asking for the shitty chicken. <laughs> because if it's not, then fuck them, all right? They're wasting everyone's time. Because if I were a kid that wanted to, if I lived in Denver, that yeah. would be a job that I'd want for at least a summer. You'd have to try it out once. Yeah, I'd shitty walk at the airport. Yeah. Because if you're coming through the line and you're not asking for the shitty chicken, yeah. <laughs> no, go back of the line. Yeah. Back of the line. It's like the soup Nazi. Yeah, you no, no shitty chicken for you, all right? I want the shitty... No, you don't. You want the <laughs> shitty chicken. You want the shitty chicken and the shitty beef. And we got to be careful because the Mongolians are coming. Um, oh, man. All right, so there we go. We got the Matrix 3 and potentially the Terminator. Yes. All right. Cool. Anything else? Uh, fights coming up on the 7th, correct? I, you know, I, I'm so terrible. I don't even know the exact day. It'll be like the <laughs> night before, and I'm going to be like, ow. Oh. Dang it. I got my kids. <laughs> I got fights. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so I know we were supposed to go see Frozen, <laughs> but daddy's got to daddy's gotta talk someone into punching someone in the yeah. face. Daddy's got daddy's to gotta talk a fighter out of throwing up on himself. Mm-hmm. Um, which, by the way, man, like solid shout out to all those fighters. If, you ever oh, been, yeah. if you've ever been to a rule meeting, by the way, the next time I, I go to a rule meeting, I'm going to record it. Because I went to the the last room at yeah. the last fights, and legitimately, like I had tears coming down from my eyes because I knew what the fuck was going to happen mm-hmm. when they start talking about knees to the head of a downed opponent, and you have Victor Rodriguez giving everyone a like a visual of what that looks like. He's giving that visual because he knows how to fucking do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and it's just like it's just like if you've ever been to like a, a martial arts gym. And uh, the the coach like picks a student, and says, "All right, you're gonna be you're gonna be my, my practice dummy." Victor had been the practice dummy long enough that he knows how to properly shove his knee through somebody's head. Yeah. Um. And and you you see people either get the connection or you see it miss, but those those are some really really harsh uh, harsh shots and, and I think that uh, I think I want to do that I'm gonna talk to, to Jared Simmons if we can and see if we can record the the rule meeting because I think that that's if you watch fights you should know you really shouldn't a know what the rules are so that you're a more educated uh, mm-hmm. fan but then you also have a better understanding of, of what these fighters are really looking at like I've seen I, I'm lucky to see the shots that I saw miss. More lucky, I think, than than seeing the ones like seeing a knee glance someone's skull rather than making a full impact. Just yeah, to, yeah. You know, the rule meeting is really uh, 
it, it's really an interesting uh, moment. And because uh, for a lot of these guys, it's their first fight. And this is the moment it, it becomes real. Because, uh, you know, a lot of these guys will have like one wrapped hand or, you know, and they had to come out for the rule meeting, which means the night's about to begin. And you can see it in their eyes. You can see which ones, you know, which ones like is having that moment where. That thousand yard stare. Like, yeah. That, what the you know, fuck am I in? Yeah, that that could happen to me. Um, and you start to see like a couple that are staring off in space. And you see a couple that are totally relaxed and they're tired and bored of being in another rule meeting. Yeah. I, uh, um, my favorite thing to do uh, at the, because uh, Jared just presents a wonderful breakdown for everyone, is wait until he's done. And he goes, does anybody have any questions? I like to go, you, could you repeat that? <laughs> <laughs> I missed it. <laughs> I've thrown something, something just out of control. What about knives? Yeah, I was like, what is sure? What, what's the rule with sharp objects? Can I put my keys in my hand? <laughs> I was like, what's the most amount of BBs I can put in the glove? <laughs> yeah. Here's a question for you yeah. as a coach. So, so I watched one of the Tyson documentaries. Yeah. And he said that he used to put his gloves in cold water before he went out to fight. Like he would put his hands. Mm-hmm. In, in, in the gloves in ice cold water. In his hand wraps or his actual gloves? I think the whole gloves. Yeah. Like the whole thing in like buckets of cold water. Seems like that would hurt really fucking bad. If yeah. you got a wet leather glove. It also seems it would be frowned upon. It seem, however, who's going to say, like Mike Tyson's already in there to fuck some shit up. And yeah. I'm sure Customato told him it was okay. Um <laughs> Yeah, like rest in peace to the the late great yeah. Customato. Um, he made a monster. Yo, yeah, no, uh, Customato is uh, you know he's kind of one of my inspirations. I mean, here's a guy who's taken basically three people. It's one thing to like have the champion come to your gym and he trains at your gym for your ne- for his next fight, and now you're the champion's trainer. It's a whole other thing where you take like three kids out of prison and uh, you know out of juvenile detention centers or whatnot. And you make all three of them, you know, champions. You had Floyd Patterson, uh, Jose Torres. I'm, I may be mangling that. He's the one no one cares about. Yeah. Who actually probably had the purest custom auto style of the three. And then, of course, you have Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson is, uh, again, um, fucking Mike Tyson is a walking MAGA hat. Um, except not again. He's like a mag. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's he's still great. Like, he's always, always, yeah. always been fucking awesome. Um uh, a, a wise uh, a wise rapper once said the comeback is always better than the, is always better than the setback and mike tyson is a walking talking example of that uh every time that every time that he's fucked up or that he's he's been fucked up he's he's always come back uh from a place mm-hmm. of strength and i think that if you're someone who struggles with depression looking at a, looking at boxers for motivation becomes yeah. the easiest uh, easiest way to deal with it because you have guys uh like tyson fury who have been very vocal uh, about their battles with depression, with all mm-hmm. kinds of eating disorder, whatever the whatever it was that was wrong with them, um, they, so usually it's the, the thing, the reason they're there in the first place. Yeah, you know, but. and I think that I don't know. That's one of the, the really great things about boxing is that you can appreciate the story even if you don't yeah. necessarily you don't get the violence, you don't get the the fact that you have you have two two men or two women who are playing chess or. Or, or mm-hmm. putting together like Lego sets, combat Legos. Yeah. Right. They're doing combat Legos, combinations and moves against combinations and moves with real world, um, 
risks. You know? Well, and you never you never hear the uh, you know the well fighting for the title is you know Bob Joe here who's you know. His, his dad owned a very proficient law for, firm, and, you know, his mother was a neurosurgeon, and, um, you know, he took up boxing as a sporting hobby in the, you know, <laughs> you, in his you, youth. You do see that. And it you, does pop up on occasion. You, your guys like uh, um, Carlos Condit, BJ Penn, mm-hmm. uh, you, you do see it. You do see guys that, that come from privilege, but there's oh, yeah, pro- also something wrong in, with them. You'll see that in MMA, yeah. I think, more so than you'll see... Um, you know, then you'll see in boxing, and more often than non boxing, it really seems like this is everyone that's been great, is what I should say, seem to have had like a hard enough story that they had to fight all their way up to that point. Uh, very few people of privilege, I guess, have, yeah. have ever really made it in boxing. Um, yeah, Jack Johnson Julio doesn't see. Chavez Jr., maybe. <laughs> Jack Johnson, uh, a lot of stuff given to him. Clearly yeah. a guy. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> Giving him everything except uh, except uh, everything. <laughs> uh, well, shout Actually, out to, he did, yeah. from Trump. Yeah, Trump gave him a pardon. You yeah. know who didn't give him a pardon? Obama. Yeah. You and know he, who started a war in Syria? <laughs> Obama. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a time. Yeah. No. Yeah. But but Jack Johnson did get his pardon. Daniele Bellelli did a really good series uh, about Jack Johnson. Um, if you're not familiar with Daniele Bellelli, he does a podcast called History on Fire. Yeah. He did a really good uh, three-part series on Jack Johnson. He also, um, with a name like Daniele Bellelli, has an Italian accent, which makes it that much more entertaining <laughs> to listen to. So, so yeah. All right. So, it's, I think it's time to wrap up. We've been doing this yeah. for like four hours. I was going to say, yeah, this is... Hour and a half. Put Joe Rogan to shame. Yeah, I, see, when I see podcasts that are like four hours long, I have zero fucking interest in listening. I don't spend that much time in a car, and you're not going to yeah. keep me that into it on a treadmill. So, I can't do four hours. Hour and a half. Yeah, that's some time. That's some time, and then it, it gives us something to really go back to with the Matrix and Stiff yeah. and the Terminator. All right, now if you have anything that you think that we should be reviewing. By all means, let us know. If you have any stories that you would like to co- uh, like us yeah. to cover going on locally, let us know. I I cannot wait to sit down with the fine folks uh, from Kenai Kombucha. So I did talk to some of the folks over there. We are going to do a, we are nice. going to do a, a sit down interview with them. They make a really really good product. I don't know if you've made it over there yet. I have, it is all the way across the street. Yeah, it's rough for you. I know it's uh, that that thirty or forty feet walk is going to be. If you have the opportunity, make it make it in. They make really really good products. Um, yeah, they make really good kombucha. Well, their product is kombucha, and it is a good kombucha. And they're going to talk all about gut health. All, all right. right. Now, are you selling tickets to the fights? No. Okay. Could make some extra money. I know. I can't be bothered. All right, folks. <laughs> you need your tickets. Here's what you do. You go to Jake. He's the only person you go to for tickets. You bother him. You text him in the middle of the night because he'll be up anyway. Um... <laughs> And, uh, and request tickets. And then make sure that he texts Matt Plant at the middle of the night to make sure <laughs> that Matt Plant, who is probably not up in the middle of the night because he doesn't seem like an up-in-the-middle-of-the-night guy, no. you should still call him in the middle of the night just to just to make sure he's not awake. <laughs> you know, just just call him to make sure you weren't up doing something. Just wanted to know if this was a good time. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's always fun here. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you so much for your time, man. Time is the ultimate commodity. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, And do not forget, stop by Schnitzel Bomber. Get a meal. Get your bread pudding. Get your $10 snack size fucking special. But make sure you mention the podcast. That food's good. And it'll put you to sleep. And it'll clear your guts. Oh, shit. Ask him for a Sunday. 
they make Sundays and shit tomorrow. Really? Yeah, it's not like a Sunday, so it's noise. Um, it's mashed potatoes. Throw on, um, and second layer is gonna be some cabbage. Yeah. Um, then your gravy, and then some melted cheese on top. I've already on mine, yeah. Yeah, it's a Sunday. Yeah. I love what they're gonna do with the new Oh, terrified. <laughs> Terrified. So there's in in Europe you get a thing called spaghetti ice, which is um, like vanilla vanilla ice cream that's gone kind of like through a, a spaghetti press, yeah. and then they put like a strawberry jam syrup on top. So really, really good, good stuff. Um, yeah, I don't want them. I don't want them to make that. Not right now. Not as it is. I don't think. I don't think they can make ice cream. I don't think they have the facilities. But they have the facilities. Facilities. Make schnitzel. They also have the facility to make Sundays that don't include ice cream. So get your sweet ass in there. Get yourself a Sunday. There you go. Alright. Later on. As per 3AAC 306.360 Alaska Marijuana Control Board Cannabis Use Warning A. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. B. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. C. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. D. For use by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. And E. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. Red Run Cannabis Company, License 3A10056. Red Run Cannabis Cultivators, License 4A10052. Red Run Cannabis Cultivators, License 5A19372. 5455 Kenai Spur Highway, 12156 Kenai Spur Highway, Kenai, Alaska, 99611.